Lesbian man to the anthropometric laboratory of Charles Darwin's cousin, Sir Francis Galton, researchers have longed to pair rationality with beauty. It's not that scientists are any more intrigued by beauty than the rest of us. The discipline's fascination with appearance echoes that of the population at large. What separates the scientist from the layperson is, ironically, the very thing that might help us reconcile the science of beauty with our lived experience, an understanding that science is conditional. Scientists tend to position their work as one contribution to a larger body of knowledge, as opposed to establishing a pure fact in and of itself. And as research in any one area develops, so too must our baseline understanding of that field. After all, the brightest scientific minds on Earth once believed in spontaneous generation, the idea that, say, flies grew from rotting meat or moths from neglected clothes. It was observable fact. Today, of course, we understand this to be an example of how the facts of science can shift with our knowledge. But we might still be loath to apply that understanding to the facts of today. Yet when it comes to something as loaded and intensely personal as beauty, that's an understanding we must keep in mind if we're to make any sense out of the sea of data that's been collected on the way we look. At its best, the science of beauty may be able to illuminate why we find beauty where we do. But its lingering contribution may be the mere fact of its existence. The enormous pool of data tells us that we're eager, verging on desperate, to understand beauty and its draws. The fact that we keep searching for answers within the sciences indicates that we're unwilling to settle for easy, cliched answers about the human drive for beauty. Numbers don't lie, right? Beauty is a concept, not a fact. But unlike with other concepts such as justice, truth, and honor, we believe that if we just investigate beauty thoroughly enough, we can come up with an objective measure of it. And in some ways, these measures can actually help us relieve beauty of some of its weight. The idea that beauty is an ineffable mystery is in many ways a misogynist trap, a way of circumscribing women to the realm of the mystical instead of allowing them to roam on terra firma, warts and all. This matter-of-fact approach characterizes the work of psychologist Nancy Etkoff, who probably didn't intend to drive legions of women to their tape measures and calculators with her work. Her 1999 book, Survival of the Prettiest, published eight years after the beauty myth, served as a response to Naomi Wolf's claim that the beauty imperative was a social construct meant to curb women's growing power in the world. Etkoff, an award-winning researcher and Harvard instructor, took a different tack, attempting to demonstrate that our conception of beauty is hardwired within us. The human eye, she argues, is drawn to physical characteristics that supposedly signal prime ability to propagate the species. Symmetrical bodies and facial features, the female waist-hip ratio of the classic hourglass figure, clear skin, all of these, Etkoff explains, are tied to health and fertility. The entire human race finds these attributes beautiful, not because anyone tells us to, but because our Darwinian drive to reproduce propels us toward them. Our thoughts and our behaviors are ultimately under our control, Etkoff takes pains to make clear, but we simply can't help what our eye is drawn to. 
The book made a splash, garnering favorable reviews from leading news outlets and going through several printings. It also gave women a scale they could use to measure aspects of their own beauty. When I asked around, I wasn't surprised to find that I wasn't the only woman who, upon learning the evolutionarily preferred waist-hip ratio, an hourglassy 0.70 for the record, did a few quick calculations. Turns out my hips are a hint too small for me to propagate the species. One could also say my waist is a hint too thick, but I'm happy to play my own spin doctor here, leaving me feeling somewhat as 38-year-old Kara did upon doing the same thing. Not only was I not close to the ideal, but I wasn't even sure I was doing the math right. I felt more stereotypically stupid than evolutionarily beautiful. But for every woman whose waistline theoretically destines her to dateless Saturday nights, there's another who learns she's been blessed with the...